You're listening to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. I'm your host, Abby Klein. On the show, I interview entrepreneurs and other professionals from throughout the French and greater European startup ecosystems. We look at some of the interesting new developments that have taken place in France over the last few years and how the country is developing into a startup nation. On Radical Departures, you'll hear founders of some of the hottest companies share their stories and important things they've learned along the way. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. This is episode 36 of the Radical Departures podcast. My guest today is Anne-Charlotte Vuccino, CEO and founder of Yogist Well at Work. Anne-Charlotte transitioned away from the corporate world and into entrepreneurship by a very different path than she'd originally planned. In this episode, she shares the incredible and harrowing story that ultimately led her to build Yogist into a method and mindset that has gone global, bringing simple corporate yoga to employees around the world via her book, e-learning program, and now a chatbot. You don't want to miss this one. So without further ado, here's episode 36 with Anne-Charlotte Fuccino. My guest today is Anne-Charlotte Vuccino, CEO and founder of Yogist Well at Work. Welcome, Anne-Charlotte. Thank you, Abby. Tell us, how did you get to where you are today? Oh, that's a long story. I just have to say as a first thing that I was not a sports person. I wasn't a yoga person at all. I had never done yoga before when I was in my early 20s or even when I was a student. I used to laugh at those hippies and find all these self-developing practices. I used to find them super ridiculous and I was sure it wasn't for me. I was, you know, meant to be an intellectual. Uh, I was studying philosophy always in my books and writing and doing something super serious, you know. I guess that uh, my personal experience and some unexpected events from my personal life led me to this path that I, and if you had told me a few years ago that I would end up launching a corporate yoga startup, I wouldn't have believed you. I used to be a very classical French student. I was a, you know, very serious student and I went to philosophy school. It's called a preparatory program before you get to take those competitive exams to get into a business school or uh, another kind of school. I was meant to be a philosophy teacher and after two years of studies of philosophy, I realized that I wanted to do something really concrete and really action-oriented. So I dropped philosophy and I went to HSC Business School, which was actually the total opposite of what I was doing before. So it was already a radical change in my studies. And when I was in HSC, after a few months of trying to catch up on my finance knowledge and uh, microeconomics and statistics, to which I didn't understand a thing, I realized that maybe I would have, a, you know, an added value and make a difference if I engaged in some NGO and voluntary activities. So I was elected president of this super, super small NGO called Action for Benny. I think mainly because nobody wanted to take responsibility for this, uh, for this NGO by that time because it was a lot of work. 
So I led this little project for um, a bit more than one year. And the main activity of this NGO was going on the field for a bit more than four months in Benin, Africa, in a very remote part of the country, to lead several projects, microfinancing, education, AIDS prevention, and a lot of other activities. And while I was in the field there, I was walking on, uh, you know, a random path in the savannah and I was hit by a policeman on a huge motorcycle who didn't control his vehicle and he hit me like frontally in my leg. So I was super badly injured and spent three days in a little dispensary in the savannah and super remote away from everything. And I was uh, finally shipped back to France after this uh, adventure. And when I arrived in the, in the hospital in France, I was operated on and I caught multiple infections in the OR, what we could call a gangrene, kind of. And for more than six months, I was in a hospital fighting this infection and fighting against the probability of getting an amputation because when you have uh, such infection, then the only solution is to remove the leg. Something really ironic happened then. I had studied philosophy and during my philosophical studies, uh, the whole theme was the body and its relationship with the mind. And I always thought it was purely theoretical. And when I was in the hospital and I was told that I was going to get my leg cut off, something weird happened because at the moment I was told this news, my stage began to improve. And I can't really explain it, but somehow the infection, you know, started getting better and I kept my leg. So that's when I realized that maybe this relationship, body and mind is not only talks. I ended up going out of the hospital, but super uh, badly injured and disabled in a wheelchair for a long month and going back to my HSC business campus, but uh, not being able to lead a normal life. And all my dreams of uh, working in uh, NGOs and economy development in developing countries were obviously not possible anymore because I couldn't walk properly. So I became a consultant, <laughs> you know, really very sedentary lifestyle, working on a screen, writing super intellectual recommendations to CEOs, which was super interesting for me by that time. But I didn't think I could do anything else anyway. And while I was um, taking my first position, my first job as a consultant, my neighbor took pity of me one day and told me, you know, Anne Charlotte, you don't look so healthy. You can't walk properly. You can't do any sports. Your back is off. You look like hell. Maybe I can take you home and show you some yoga and maybe it could help you. And at first I laughed at her. I was like, you know, you know, my leg doesn't work, right? So how could I do yoga? Because yoga for me was either, you know, super fit girls doing splits and handstands or these hippies with dreadlocks, you know, dancing on the beach around a fire and saying weird stuff. So I started laughing and then she took me home and insisted and showed me some highly therapeutical movements in yoga. And actually, I discovered a kind of rehab and an active rehabilitation. And I discovered something that really helped me recover and gain more flexibility in my leg and maybe, you know, protect my whole body from getting off balance with this disability and fighting against pain because at that time I used to take a lot of uh, 
painkillers, anti-inflammatory. My whole body was becoming, even though I was 25, becoming super fragile. Obviously, when you discovered something so efficient, you become passionate about it, right? And so when you become passionate, you try different styles. And that's what I did. I went to every single class in Paris. And then Paris was not enough for me. So I started traveling. So I went to India, I went to Indonesia, I went to Thailand, to different, different uh, teachers every time and trying to discover different styles. And when you discover different styles and you know how beneficial this practice can be, you just want to share it generally around you. So that's what I did. I started organizing super informal classes with my friends, you know, mates from business schools or my very close friends. And we used to occupy the back room of a kitchen and restaurant from a friend of ours who would let us this space every Tuesday evening. So I could just show my friends what I had learned in yoga and which I thought could help them. And maybe I had this in my blood to be a bit of a teacher, you know, like authoritative, maybe a bit bossy. So I kind of liked it. And my students started to like it too. And I realized that even though they were 25 and super, you know, super young and they were supposed to be very healthy, they already had back pains and insomnia and trouble concentrating and working on screens all day. They were already experiencing some things that they, would, they were not supposed to experience so early in their lives. So that was my first wake-up call. And then I started sharing yoga with my clients because I was a consultant to managers, to CEOs of big international companies who were carrying the world on their shoulders. And, you know, after spending five years writing them reports, at some point you want to give them more, you know. And I realized that what they needed was not more Excel spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations. But when I was helping them on um, building a, an argumentary or a speech for a big, big event, I could feel that what they were needing were techniques to stay super focused, to learn their speech better, to breathe better, to have a better attitude and posture when they were on stage. And that's what I genuinely offered them to help them with. So my first client, before a big speech, he asked me if we could do some, you know, respiratory yoga stuff to help him. And so we isolated ourselves and we took just 10 minutes to help him concentrate, breathe, maybe relax his chin, relax his shoulders, relax his neck. And after he went on stage, he went back to me and told me, you know, I don't really remember what you've been doing for me for this last six years, but this was super helpful. So that was my second wake up call. I realized that maybe my added value was to build a bridge between the yoga, which I knew was so efficient and so beneficial, and the corporate world with these CEOs, and not only CEOs, you know, everybody who needed it so badly, but who couldn't do it because they had no time. They thought, like I used to think, that yoga was something for the hippies and not something for a serious businessman. Or, you know, they thought they were not flexible enough, or they had to do those chakra and om weird sounds. And so it was not something for them. So that's really where it hit me and all started with this realization. Before I made the decision to become an entrepreneur, I first uh, took a little 
long um, detour. Yeah, detour. <laughs> <laughs> I went to work for six months in a big internet company, and uh, actually, I realized then that I what I enjoyed most was not leading these big digital programs, but helping those developers who were working with me stop smoking, eat better, maybe not slouch on their desk and screens all day because, you know, these developers were spending literally more than 14 hours per day on their screen and they were destroying their body and going to the physiotherapist every week at 22. After six months of this uh, activity, I went to see my boss and I said, okay, you know, I really love your company. I met amazing people, but I'm realizing that I need to do something that makes me feel useful. I don't know what it is yet. I just know it is involving yoga and the corporate world. And he said, okay, I'm not going to try to keep you f with me. I'm going to, you know, encourage you and be your first client if you decide to do this step. So when you have such a alignment of planets, you don't hesitate so much, right? You have to go for it. So I went for it and I went for, I went to India. I went to train with a guru in Mysore in Karnataka and trained to become a therapeutic yoga teacher for two months. And when I came back to France, I wrote the first corporate yoga method, adapting the most efficient yoga postures to prevent and soothe all the tensions linked to the modern ways of working, and who, which could be uh, done on a chair without changing your gear, without sweating, without mat or anything. That's where all it started. I just published my method as a book. I went back to see all my former clients from when I was a consultant to tell them, hey, I have something new to offer you. You'll see I haven't changed that much. If you trusted me back then, maybe you can trust me again now. And uh, let's do something for you and for your employees. And you'll see that the benefits will be even bigger than you could expect. It's an incredible story, really. What were some of your challenges in getting this off the ground? I mean, I'm sure you did have to do some convincing of some of those corporate suit-wearing CEOs and say, you know, okay, this isn't just uh, for hippies. How do you approach that? Is it that they already took you seriously because you had worked with them before? I'm sure it helped. Yes, of course. But when I started Yogis three years ago, wellness at work and health prevention at work was not such a big thing yet. Now, every corporation is convinced that they have to work for their employees' wellness and well-being. But back then, it was still, you know, a start. And France was really late compared to the US or Australia or even Nordic countries. I had to work a lot on how to convince decision makers, how to work also on the vocabulary I used to use. And I really wanted yoga to be a health prevention tool and a management tool. So my former background really helped me to adapt yoga with this uh, mindset and to also reach and target very, very concrete results and objectives. And that's, I think, how it made me convinced uh, my first clients. Do you have any stories of anyone who kind of, you know, was originally like yourself, maybe, who was, uh, that's not for me, and then started by doing your method and then came around and wanted to learn more or get certified as a teacher or became totally spiritually into it? Well, not to this extent yet. I have two stories. One story would be about a, this, uh, he became a friend, actually, his name is Gwen. I met him um, last year when I was, um, I had won uh, this startup challenge and 
this uh, kitesurfing and business network took me to Madagascar to kitesurf with them and to work on my business model. I couldn't kitesurf because my, you know, my right leg is still super injured and I can't bend my right knee. But they told me, okay, you're going to try and just come with us. And they spent uh, two weeks, you know, working on my business model and the strategy for Yogist. And one of them is a big insurance businessman. He worked everywhere in the world. And First time I talked to him, he told me that he really didn't like me. You know, he didn't believe in my project so much. And he thought I was very uh, self-confident. And yeah, he didn't really like me that much. And he thought that uh, yoga wasn't of any use for, for someone like him. I ran one session for everyone before a meal. And then he came back to me after kite surfing one day. And he asked me to show him some, you know, personalized uh, movements and he told me he had done them again on his own and now he's using my book and now he's using my e-learning program and now he's talking about yogis in his company and he wants to put yoga in cars because now he works in a car sharing startup. Can you explain exactly how yogis works? What is it? So it's a method but also there's more. I first met you at VivaTech actually and you had presented that you just came out with a chatbot that's integrated. So tell us about that. Yogis is basically a method, as you said. It's really a method that's been published as a book and that we want to spread within companies and for individuals. And so we are using all different uh, means to spread it and to have companies change the way they treat their employees and workers change their habits and become more healthy at work. So first we lead sessions physical sessions like events like you saw at VivaTech, 200 people, 500 people, 1,000 people in a conference room. That doesn't scare us. We have them experience what it is to relax their eyes, their neck, to breathe, and how it can help them to be more focused for this conference, be more creative, and how it can replace going to see a physio every week or taking a pill every time they have attention or pain. So that's the first thing we do. We really raise awareness through events in corporate uh, environment or even in big events. And then we teach techniques to CEOs, to teams within companies regularly, because that's how you learn and that's how you can really ask questions and change your habits on the long run. So we lead sessions in meeting rooms inside companies, but also we go into open spaces. We have a yogis teacher going from one open space to another and talking to people that are working there in small groups and, you know, offering them to do maybe five minute exercises that can change their perception about corporate yoga and, you know, just give them some very, very easy tools to help them work better and feel, you know, take care of their bodies. And that's how we kind of reach people that would have never come to voluntarily based conference for wellness day or whatever. This is how we recruit these new yogists that would never do yoga on their own and who need it the most. So that's the second step in our cycle. And that's why we were in Vivitech. Then we realized that we needed tools to spread this method as widely as we could to people who were not in headquarters in La Défense or who were in their cars all day or leading meetings or maybe working from home. So that's how we first started with an e-learning program in video, really to teach and to train workers with this method. And then we 
actually realized that we need something that would push people into practicing and really remind them to take their two minutes break every two hours to stay healthy at work. So that's why we developed this little chatbot. It's still an MVP. We're still beta testing it, but we are already uh, going to test it with Sanofi. And the whole uh, point of this chatbot is to ask you three questions. Where do you have pain? Do you need an energy boost or do you need to relax? And where are you working? Are you in an open space with a lot of colleagues around and you need to stay super discreet? Or are you in your single office and there's no one around and you can do more, less discreet exercises? And based on these three questions, we have a bit more than 50 exercises, two minutes long, super easy, corporate style, corporate vocabulary that you can do everywhere at any time and that will help you stay healthy at work. That's the third offer and the third mean that we found to really spread these messages of health prevention in the office. And then the fourth one, the fourth step would be when we actually train yogist uh, ambassadors within a company that are going to be able to maybe, you know, lead a five-minute sessions with their colleagues at the beginning of an important meeting or advise their colleagues to do this or this exercise when they need it so that all these benefits spread within the company with internal means and not on, always with, uh, you know, experts coming from the outside every month and nothing happens when they're gone. The trainers who go into, the teachers who go into companies in the, the second step, I guess it was, they're trained as yoga teachers originally, and then you train them in your method additionally. Yeah, exactly. We okay. have a very selective process. Uh, we worked with um, yoga teachers who were before employees of big companies or actually that have uh, at least worked once in a big corporation so that they know the codes, they know the rules, they know how to speak, they know what they can or can't do. They have changed careers and become a yoga teacher and we train them to our method and then we send them to companies to teach the yogis method following our processes and our exercises so that nobody is in risk and that we respect all these uh, guarantees of security and even style. You said before that three years ago when you started, wellness at work was not really a, a thing that everybody knew about and respected. As a more general question, what do you think has made that shift? I think that we had this big crisis and a transition came along. I think wellness at work and the focus on the human and on the employees is the new trend after focusing for so long on green and you know sustainable development in corporations. I think that this will be the focus of corporations for at least the 10 uh, coming years and I hope for much, much, much longer. And I think it's also that we are catching up on uh, something that we didn't care so much about, especially in France. And we are not realizing that it's not only something uh, trendy, but it's also a source of performance for the company. And just like when we realized that sustainable development could help us save money, because when you turn the light off, when you leave your office, then you're saving money. It's exactly the same when you take care of your employees. If your employees are healthy and not absent or don't have lumbalgia and are not sick because they're working so hard and so much with bad chairs and not moving enough, then the whole company will benefit from it. So it's just raising awareness about this topic too, and French are becoming more aware. And since we expanded very early to Brazil, to the UK, and now we're going to Singapore, 
it was also the opportunity for us to see the difference between different continents and different markets and how France was maybe catching up on this trend. So you mentioned that you're expanding internationally. How do you go about building those partnerships to make that happen? Very simple. We don't look for partnerships. Partners come to us. That's even better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting because we're having a lot of people uh, coming to us saying that they've heard about the Yogis method and they love it and they want to launch it in their own country. And they could have just copied it, right? They could have gone on their own and do the same again. But they come to us and say, I want to do this with you because I want to benefit from your experience. You are three years ahead, so I want to benefit from that and I want to be in your team. So we all go together with this mission and with the tools that you've been working on. So it's really a win-win. Sometimes it works, sometimes a bit less, but that's how it's working. And we're really happy not being uh, in this voluntary perspective of finding people in mm. this country. We're just waiting to find the right person and also having clients in his country so that the opportunity rises. How are you building out your team here? You're based in Paris. What roles do you look for to expand? Well, in Paris, we are expanding quite uh, fast, actually, because for two years I was alone with a team of teachers, independent teachers and some interns working with me. Now we have a COO who is my business partner and uh, he's really helping me grow and manage the team and makes everybody work together and be happy to work together so that we are more efficient. We have a um, first yogis trainer who trains other yogis teachers and who animates a lot of sessions and leads a lot of things regarding the content of the method. We have now a communications officer. We have a business development officer. We have an office manager and we are looking to recruit at least uh, four more people in sales because we're not doing any marketing or communication. We're not paying to get people to know about yogis, but we have a lot of incoming calls of people interested in getting yogis in their companies. And so we need more people to answer these calls and help us, you know, increase the quality and spread the word and spread the method inside companies as widely as we can. And in terms of finances, were you able to grow yogis organically on your own? We've self-financed from day one. We didn't raise any funds yet. I was really insistent on this topic. I really didn't want to raise funds based on a PowerPoint presentation. I wanted to have a method, a concept, a product, a service, and try it with clients and earn money that would finance the investment for new tools and new uh, recruitments. And I think we'll see how far we can go for with this as self-financed, independent, totally free. And when the time is right, if we have a specific opportunity, a specific investment that we want to make that will help us go faster and spread these tools and this method to help people feel better at work quickly and more efficiently, then maybe we'll turn to investors. But for now, we love our freedom. So, Anne Charlotte, thank you for joining me. This is a, a really inspiring story of someone who's been through a lot and been able to change and grow and learn. Before you go, I want to ask you, how do you define success? I was asked this question before, and I know that my partner was very um, surprised by my answer. I define success by the number of incoming calls, by the number of people who want your solutions to be implemented in their company, who want to try your method, who want to work with you. And I think 
having people coming to you instead of pushing them to buy something would be the right definition. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Abby. That wraps up another episode of Radical Departures. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know who you'd like to hear on the show. Catch you next week.